Questionable people. Let's do it in unison. One, two, three. You're Quesh- Matt Bull. No, no, the name of the the name of the thing. In unison. One, two, three. Questionable, questionable people. people. That didn't work. Let's never do that again. Um. So today you're gonna hear our interview with Megan, Megan Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah. Half, as we learned, exactly fifty percent. Of Emporium Pies. Yeah, I think it's uh, we should we need to say Emporium Pies a few times at the beginning because we almost didn't even met, we talked about the pie a lot. There's a I when I was re-listening to it this afternoon. There's a place where you said Emporium Pies, yeah. and then you tried to say that was the first time we'd said it, but I think we'd said it before. You, oh, that's you right. You just hadn't. That's said right. It. I've listened to it now twice, and I I didn't retain that part. I also, and maybe I didn't. I don't know. <clears throat> what do I What do I know? I can't remember if I've fed my dog dinner. Sometimes she eats okay. dinner twice because I nope. can't remember. Anyway, so yes, Emporium Pies, the uh, the you know the, the pie juggernaut of the Dallas Fort Worth area, um, but deservedly so. And we should also point out that there is there was no um, sponsorship or or this was a, a just a pure interest in pies and the pie business that brought Megan to us also in in appreciation of her personality. We didn't even eat pie. Yeah, no, she didn't bring us pie. She she should have brought us pie. Should we embargo this whole podcast until we at least get a couple pies out of it? I, <clears throat> I feel like we I feel like we did it wrong. We should have we should have asked. Yeah. You can ask for what you need, right? Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, well I don't we, think there was any other business to say up front. Megan Wilkes, failed entrepreneur. I was going to introduce her as a failed... I told her I would introduce her as a failed entrepreneur, but you, that line of questioning sort of fell apart. So yeah, you tried really hard. I did. That was the angle I was going for. She, she didn't bite. She was not having it. Mm. Um, we talked about some interesting things. You want to do like, without spoiling anything, you want to no. just run through? Yeah, we talked about, we had Megan tell us who would be better at front of house or back of house. Mm-hmm. You guys can guess right now, and then you'll find out the answer, what she said, when you listen. I bet the suspense is killing everyone. Yep. We talked about her idea for an app called Send Nudes. Which is exactly what it sounds yep, like. Yep, just going to leave it there. Uh, we talked about DOS prompts and uh-huh. I don't even know how to spell DOS I, I tried to write it down and I had no idea how to spell it DOS disk operating system I like like I said in in the episode I don't know mm. anything about all that um, we solved many of our nation's problems we discussed we did the albatross that is the penny that's why yeah that's why everybody feels better this week about the direction of the country because <laughs> of the work we did in this interview <laughs> it's a particularly stupid and mean week um in our nation's history uh we also talked about therapy mm-hmm. okay so yeah that's it i mean uh, we don't really have anything super revelatory no to add at it was one, good at one point we talked about like scripting out an outline for these intros and we clearly have abandoned that course of action yeah it's 
it's going so great. I don't know why we would. <laughs> why bother? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's Megan Wilkes. Enjoy. Okay. That's it. Well, cheers. We're good. We were recording. We are recording. We did it. So we'll cheers. Cut, we'll cheers. Cut hey, welcome everybody. All right. We'll come back and do. Um, hi, Megan. By hi. Way. We'll come back and do some kind of introduction. I, we haven't figured that out yet, but I'm pretty sure I plan to refer to Megan as a failed serial entrepreneur, if that's cool. If you want to refer to me that as you can, I prefer to think of it as an entrepreneur who has consolidated towards the most uh, the most promising entrepreneurial yeah. venture. That, I mean, that's I think that's a typical entrepreneur thing to say. I just don't think it's fair to judge people by like the one thing that worked when they've tried a lot of things. A lot of things. So should we talk about all the things you've done that haven't worked yeah, out? Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. That's <laughs> entirely reasonable. That feels very loaded. <clears throat> <clears throat> Just saying. We'll get to it all. Okay, so, yeah, we already said hi. Megan yeah. Wilkes, welcome. Yep. Um, are we going to rate our friendships? Yeah, we should do that. I should say we haven't really... We've been forgetting we're re- to do that. And we're also really freewheeling this one. Like... We didn't talk too much about well, order I, or I anything like that. I also think that has to do with the friendship rating. They're they're related. Yeah. Because um, I think there's a certain level of comfort where we feel like we don't have to prep as much. It's true. Have you listened? And naps are really important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I took a nap today, so yeah. that was probably a time I could have been preparing. Have you listened to any previous episodes of this podcast? Yes. Okay. So you- She was one of the first people to to compliment episode one which is you know that makes sense why we're having her on might, yeah minor might not have a barrack with, with our decision okay she's on matrix. board got yeah. it okay so you know about rate how to rate yes. our friendship yes one to ten one being what matt strangers yeah and ten being a relationship that only twins, twins have only twins have so is it a, it's like strangers who made eye contact on the bus and have a connection or is it just no, I think that's higher than Strang- a one. Okay. I feel like it's there- strangers at the moment you shake hands. Like, hi, I'm. Yeah. 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 You're getting judged. So who's, are you going first? <laughs> um, wait, do I go or does Megan go? Oh, that's right. But she, Megan is rating you first. Is yeah, what let's do that. Okay. Yeah. I really haven't put much thought into this, and I really should that's have. Because when better. I was listening to this, I was like, if they ever asked me on, I really should think about it first but I'm gonna spitball with like a six and a half with Liz which might be higher than what you come to but I um maybe we'll get to this later but whenever you have a lot of employees and that's who you hang out with your personal relationships change like what you expect in one of those so I would say you know I've sat on your porch and talked about life things um yep. I honk and wave at you really vehemently when I'm driving down the street yep that happened you. this week um, and I enjoy your time and company. And I felt comfortable enough to be like, it's been two years since I've checked my Facebook. I don't know if I've been invited to Liz's Thanksgiving parties in the past, but I'm going to go next year. And I texted you about it. So I would say a solid six and a half. I like that. That was pretty thoughtful for not having thought about it. Yeah. I haven't thought about it either. I was going to say a five or a six because also we have for my life, like living in Oak Cliff, we go way back. Yeah. Um, I've known you since I worked at the little grocery store, Urban Acres. I feel like I've known you since you basically started. Yeah, you helped us start the pie shop. I put Um, in a blazer to show those pies to you. Yeah, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's why. So even though we're not super close, I also feel very comfortable, like, 
I could sit down and we could like, I would feel comfortable telling you pretty much whatever. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. You do me now. Oh, actually, I'm going to write a number down so I can't, I can't weasel my way out. Okay. After right here. Okay. Right on. I would say that we're probably more like in the four to four and a half range. We were next door neighbors for a little while. I love your kids. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm more like a six with your kids. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yep. Mostly just because I love them all so much. Yeah. Probably they're like they're, with me, but that's okay. They're far more lovable. They're really I'm... cool. But also, I mean, I know you and like we hang out at the coffee shop sometimes, used to more than not, um, before I got an espresso machine in my office. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I enjoy your company. I swam in your pool. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's about I right. swam in your pool. Yeah, there you go. Here, I wrote it down. There yeah. we go. What's it say? 4.5. 4.5. Wow, on the same that's page. magic. Yeah. Um, I want to know about this espresso machine. Yeah, well, and interestingly... It's, it's called Internet Cafe 3. Oh, uh, we're going to have to talk <laughs> about it. It's in the hallway of my office. That's you beautiful. brought up Internet Cafe. We're, oh, we're I'm talking about, talk about Internet Cafe. We're talking yeah. about Internet Cafe. Okay. Uh, I was going to say that the, the coffee shop where all three of us met... Um, Actually, I think I met you in your pie shop before I met you in your Yeah, but I probably shop. forgot you because there's a lot of wine. There's a million people there. Yeah. Um, uh, that w- was the death of my home espresso machine. I had a home espresso machine, and I used to, and it would break all the time. But was I'd it a Lamarzocco? No, it was a lever machine. It was an Italian lever machine. Um, but and, I, have, I have questions. And I stopped fixing it when the coffee shop opened. Do and, you pull your own shots? Oh, yeah. All, like, all of our managers are trained baristas. Okay. But how much time do so you spend dialing down. in your espresso? You just So we use cultivar, and I find that it's like a little bit less pesky for okay. dialing in. It's very consistent. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, cool. So we rated our friendships. I'm trying to do a better job at talking yeah. in this one since I've received some feedback. <laughs> not Did people me. yelp about you? No, not from anyone who listens, yelp just from Matt. Matt will later, after we've recorded the podcast, go, why didn't you talk more? You should talk more. That is so much more prescriptive than the language I actually use. And then I say something like, well, you and said guest were like in the middle of it. And I just didn't want to, you know, butt in. And then he's like, you should. You should butt in and tell us. So I'm trying today. I'll end my questions at you. That's good. That's good. The uh, the other thing we My should answers, mention I guess. is that we actually have a live engineer in the room with us this time. Thanks, Aaron. Aaron is just nodding. <laughs> He's like, I'm not mic'd up. What? <laughs> yeah. Aaron refuses to let his voice be in the podcast because it would not be up to his uh, audio standards since he doesn't have his own mic. And Aaron's kind of a man of few words. I would say it's mysterious. I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. Until you know I'm good. And everybody who's listening, they don't know I'm yet. Uh, um, almost everyone who's listening probably knows who Aaron is because almost everyone that's listening is a friend of ours. Look, based on the quality of the output of this podcast, I would venture to say, as a person who knows nothing about your metrics, that your listening base is probably larger than you expect it to be. Well, that's nice of you. That is nice. Let's. I'm going to go with that. Roll with it. That's partly why I don't check metrics. Don't check too it. Hard. I don't check Yelp. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as someone who is familiar with the concept of the boundary button yes. through listening before, you might be surprised to see that this is the actual boundary button. All right. That's it. So if we ask you anything that makes you uncomfortable, uh, you Do just I get to make it. the sound effect? Oh, she t- uh, Aaron, make a note. What, what's the time code there? 1049. He's got it. That's two. That was the second one. <laughs>
<laughs> make it out. I'm supposed to make it Yeah, there you go. Oh, you, you're not going to add it in later. You, you're not. No, maybe that will but be that the will new But that will be noise. the noise. He's saying, like, That'll he's going to add that in, and from now on. Wait. Oh, it's going to be Megan every time. Now you're Now you're catching our cooking with gas. Yep, yep. Um... All right, do you want to start with questions, or do you want me to start with questions? No, I think, uh, didn't we agree that Megan was just going to ask us questions? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to know? Um, it's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I want to know Liz's therapist number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were talking about uh, going to therapy and how both our therapists are near the same place, and so we both go get espresso, or I don't know what you're drinking beforehand, but that's what I always An iced Americano, so it lasts the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I like to um, sip it. Yeah, I love it. therapy? Yeah. Hmm. Did you send them to do whenever you want them to tell you something, but they're not going to? They're just yeah, they're just staring at you. Yeah. So I'm like, they're, yeah, they're just staring at you, and they're like, what What? What was that? What are you thinking? And you're like, nothing, just drinking my coffee. Yeah, just sitting here waiting on you to tell me how to live my life. So you don't, you don't have the kind of therapist that, that claim to have the boundaries of not telling you things, but then can't actually abide by their own boundaries? Oh, no. My therapist kind of does that. Okay. Yeah, that's, she does. That's the only kind of therapist I know. She, she does kind of do that, and but she's leaps and bounds better than the previous therapist that I had, who literally, I told her all my stuff, and then she just like likened it all back to childhood. This is like in our first consultation. She's like, it's because you grew up in church, and your family's really close-knit, that, all that stuff, it just really... That's what messed you up. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know that this is. Well, guess I don't need to come back. Thanks. <laughs> cool. Thanks for that. Solved it. it. So, anyways. How long have you been going to therapy? I started with this lady and, like, legitimately going for probably about three months ago. No, okay. no, no. It was before that. It was January. I've been going for a minute. I go every Monday at three. And the thing is, I had to do it at, like, a certain time every time because I'm the kind of person that, when I, especially if I feel, like, depressed or down on myself, I'm like, self-care is the first thing to go, and so I just won't go to therapy. So we have a standing appointment, and if I don't go, I still get charged. So that, I go now. That's good. That's kind of like setting yourself up. It's not exactly setting yourself up for success, but, like, knowing how to get yourself there. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not go. Um, how much time in therapy do you spend dealing with the failure of the best flowers? Um, first of all, the best flowers. Biz is still up and running. Is it really? Oh, I thought I was. I thought I was and, going for a deep cut that was gonna and cut deeply. Could still provide flowers. The best flowers got cut out of my life, unfortunately, because I had so many friends getting married. That I couldn't keep up with demand. <laughs> okay, so this is in in the in the order of um, of Megan entrepreneurial schemes. What where does the best flowers sit? I just heard about this. I was doing a little bit of light research and prep for this. So, the best flowers was started whenever I was working at a flower shop, and I realized that a lot of my friends were getting married, and that it was exponentially expensive to have a professional florist do your flowers. And as a person who loves aesthetically pleasing things and who liked to make flowers and work with my hands, I was like, it would be really fun for us to, for me to be able to do that for my friends. So in order to buy the flowers at the heavy discount at the discount flower place or the commercial flower place, you have to have a, an LLC and a tax permit. So I named it Dubbest Flowers because I didn't want people to actually call me. I wanted it to be the dumbest looking website and name people did actually so call me okay yeah so i was like don't call me but it was kind of great 
How would you describe the... It was always in a hole, by the way. Okay. The design always. style, like the branding of the Best Flowers. I would say the Best Flowers was really pushing the envelope for its time. <laughs> it um, included some retro aspects of the internet's early days to really harken back to my roots. It had some gifts. It had some um, rainbow type it's been a long time since like, I've seen any Debest flowers. It had cat gifts. It made me, my brain was just thinking like Lisa Frank, but not exactly. Oh, like so Lisa yes. Frank meets early internet. Like GOC's yes. early internet? Yeah, it was kind of a Lisa yes. Frank vibe, mm. yes. uh, but with a few cat gifts because <laughs> that you can't say early internet without some cat gifts. Okay. Yeah. And how long, how long did it have your attention? I mean, it never really fully had my attention okay. because I was starting the pie shop at the same time that oh, I was, it was doing the same that. Time. Yeah, okay. it was like when I was doing wedding flowers. I, I did Mary's wedding flowers, and and that was Mary like is your partner, my in business the pie partner. Business. Yes, my my pie wife, and it was like a weekend. Her wedding was I I'm exaggerating because she got married I think in late June. I don't know, um, but she it was we opened the September first of that year so it was like she got married and then what year I was did that her flowers. like how long has Emporium Pies been 2012 okay so um, a hot minute we're getting old y'all it's as long as I've been married yeah long as Mary's been married yep um yeah so y'all opened Emporium Pies then but mm-hmm. how did so how did you decide to start a pie company this is the weirdest question because there's always like the So spin. we're jumping straight to the like roaring success. Is that we're <laughs> This is boring as hell, Liz. <laughs> I'll give you the, the brief version. It is boring as hell. That's the hard part. Like everybody asks, they're like, tell me this amazing story about how you open the pie shop. See, and I'm like. Everybody asks. They ask. That's why I ask. And the, the answer to the question is just that when we moved to Dallas and I moved back here under extreme duress because I hate being hot. And <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Um, You're going to hate this podcast. I know. Well, I mean, I'm, I actually feel fine right now, and that's why I wore a dress. Even though I didn't shave my legs, I've definitely got, like, my radio body on right now. But Speaking of spe- heat, how does, is the is the fan bothering you at all, Aaron? That Aaron gave like the, the okay sound. I just, no, it's an air, it's, it's the quite, fan I know, helps. I, well, I know how bad noise works, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's low. Okay. Um, okay, so, but basically, I moved on to Dallas under duress, and I, was in a very stressful job um, that took all my time in Oklahoma City, and I really enjoyed it, and it was fulfilling, but I was working for other people, and so I was like, I wanna find something that I can do where I'm not doing that. And at the time, we had friends like Aaron and um, Wheeler and Paul and Scott and everybody who were all freelancers, and so we were like, well, we'll just open up a little pie shop on the very end of Bishop Arts. It won't be very busy, but all of our friends can come and like make coffee, or we'll make coffee for them, serve them pie while they work, and we'll all hang out. And so that was like our original goal. So if you think about the original goal for the pie shop, it was a massive failure. Oh, well, it was a co-working space. <laughs> Not it wasn't a co-working oh, really? space I didn't necessarily. Know that. No, it's just what she she just said they'll like make pie for their friends. It was like oh, a it was like a coffee <laughs> shop vibe. <laughs> Sorry. But it was a coffee shop vibe. I'm, but I'm on the same wavelength now. It's a little slow. I haven't <laughs> was, had enough of whiskey yet. It was a coffee shop vibe, but it wasn't like a coffee shop because having been to business school, I know that it is a grind <laughs> to make a coffee shop profitable it is really tough and i was like if our only customers are going to be our husbands and our friends we can't really afford to have um 
just a coffee shop and I was like you know what it would be great is a pie shop because Dallas loves pie but there aren't any pie shops so that's how it started you really kind of boring. hit the timing well got it soundbite that's what they call me Oh, were you talking about timing for this or timing for the pie shop opening? The pie shop, the pie shop. Okay, so here's the thing, though. We did, but there's a pie franchise that's taking over Dallas right now and doing all this other stuff. But I don't think that those people would have been able to do right. it if people like us and Bang Bang. Exactly, and, yeah. Um, I mean, Bang Bang opened before we did. So did 4 and 20 Blackbirds. Pie Hole, I think, was about the same time. All of us kind of paved this market of like, okay, it People were like, pie's the next cupcake. I'm like, no, sprinkles will always be here. But, you know, right. it kind of... And when I say that you hit the timing well, I didn't mean to take anything away from the quality of the pies, which, for the record, every single pie I have had at Emporium Pies, it's the first time we've actually said the name of her pie shop, I think, Emporium Pies. I said pies. it al- already, but okay. you hadn't said it, so I guess it, it didn't hadn't count. been said. It needs to be voiced by a man to have yeah. any kind of credibility. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, That's fine. Are the best version of, of those types of pies that I have. So what is your least favorite pie that you've tried at Emporium Pies? My least favorite pie that I have. That's a good question. What is my least favorite? Um, so I have to go pretty far back in memory because I when Emporium Pies opened, I didn't yet know about my eating, my food issues. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So yes. I did try all of them before I realized I can no longer have wheat or can. dairy. So I have to kind of go back and remember. Um, but my least favorite kind of pie in general was always coconut cream pie. And then I tried your coconut cream pie. And oh, yeah, it's really it's, good. It's fantastic. It's like one of the two best ones. because it's, it's so buttery. Yeah. That's good. Well, because all your pie is not to like, you know do an advertisement here but I you know it even though you make you have three pie shops they're all made you know with real ingredients mm-hmm. yeah. um nope. and made with love right by hand yeah I'm sure every person that makes every pie we send makes them, them all with love sometimes it's client gifts like out of like out of town, way out of town, but there's only like two you can ship. Right? I don't. Oh, now you've expanded. Oh, you can ship more? Which one? We've ones? learned how to ship the dry ice. Pretty much the whole menu. Oh, that's, that's huge. It changes our client service game dramatically. I'm trying to think about one I dislike. I think the problem for me sometimes is not that I dislike one, but that it's so rich. Yeah. I can't finish. Like, what's the one that's like caramel and it's got like it's three things? Nine. Yeah. It's delicious. For a it's, bite. Yeah, and also the peanut butter one. Peanut butter is my favorite food on the oh, planet. Yes, we We've talked that. about this on end. I like the peanut butter pie, but I can't eat. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, first a of all, it's one. a ton of dairy. All Both of those are a ton of dairy. But also, it, I, it never ceases to amaze me when somebody comes in and orders a slice of the cloud nine. Because I'm with you. I, I like a bite of dessert. That's the kind of gal I am. So... When people come in and they order Cloud Nine and then they also order scoops of ice cream to go beside it, I'm like, that is like an entire jar of heavy cream. I mean, eat it, please. Love it. But oh my goodness, I can't even it's just so it's so rich. And now that we make our own ice cream, it's even more rich because it's even more cream. That's how I feel when people order large brevet like vanilla lattes. Yeah. Like that is that's I don't know if you can say no judgment without it actually being a judgment. I don't think you can ever say that Um, phrase. But it's it's just more like biologically I have questions about how you can consume that much half and half. Some people can. I know. Some people are conditioned. Some people, maybe they are genetically superior to us. It's possible. 
now I'm thinking about what that. does that say about mass constitution? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I believe me. I think okay, and I'm still. Th- I think my least favorite. It's not even fruit pies are just not my favorite pies in general. Like yeah, yeah. So I don't ever go for apple pie. Yeah. So I. But your apple pie, pie is really good. Yeah. Well, if if you like apple pie, then like people will be like, oh, this is amazing. I'm kind of the same, but there is one fruit pie that I really like that's on our menu in the in the winter time, and it's the cranberry chest pie. That's really good. It's like breakfast. Do y'all still do the buttermilk blitzen, the chai? Mm-mm. We took it off and started making the one that tastes like pancakes. Did people not like it? Was yeah, it not popular? It, was just, it just kind of underperformed because people don't understand chai. It's like we had to take the basic beach off the menu, which was like a cult yeah. favorite, but it just it performed so Poorly because people wouldn't even try it. The chai spice buttermilk pie was my favorite pie. Mm. That is probably the the best my favorite pie we've ever had. And Brian still remember remembers this one time when y'all were first open and it was like after a certain amount of time you can't sell the pies anymore. Yeah. And y'all would give them. Mm-hmm. We still do that. Yeah, but we happened to come in at night at the very end and you just were like it was like at Christmas and you're like here's a pie, and I think we ate the whole thing in like three days. Yes. Um. Did anyway. you? I'm going to back up and, and ask you to probe into one of your answers a little more. Did you say that the pie she's talking about failed because people are not educated about chai? So, kind of like the so chai just means tea. So a lot of people would come in and they would, if they were educated about like what chai was, they wouldn't understand. Like we would we like tried to clarify the wording. We were like first it was just a, a chai buttermilk chai pie. Then we were like a buttermilk pie with a chai spice blend. And then we we tried to explain it more, but it became kind of onerous on our team when they were trying to provide good customer service to have to explain it to people. And then we would have people try it and be like, this just isn't what I thought it was going to be. What'd they think? I, I don't always know, but I think that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that they expected it to be. It was a little spicy. Remember, it had a, like kind of a lot of cardamom ginger. and ginger. Mm. I just remember it tasted really good. And so like people Christmas. would be like a little bit confused by it, but also a lot of people just wouldn't try it. Mm. They'd be like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna get some." How else. much resources did you put into cultural pie education efforts? I mean, we put. I would say that even to date, all the time, I would say sixty percent of our front of house resources are put towards hospitality and front of and and education for the guests, but and maybe even more, probably seventy hmm. percent. Have you have you tested that hunch in any kind of double blind study scenario? Yeah, so we'd we'd use two ways. Like first is like sales metrics, obviously. <laughs> so um, I did not expect such sincere answers. Yeah. to my asshole questions. No, I mean. I, <laughs> I'm a business person, Matt. Okay. Yeah, so we use I'm sales not. metrics, but we also use um, basically just general feedback. Like we are constantly in contact with all of all of the people who work for us. I pop into the stores. I don't get into McKinney as often as possible, but a little bit more lately. Um, but I talk to all of our staff, and then we talk to their managers, and then they talk to their managers, and so um, we're we're pretty well aware of what um, goes down. We also have a manager log that our shift leads who work in the stores daily can put in there and it's like what have the customers been saying um what are, what's the good things what's the bad things so we can kind of just like wow. be nimble about it that's huge yeah how many really restaurants how many how many locations now three stores three stores one truck oh i didn't know about the truck that's her cool. name's bessie uh, fantastic. she's the worst <laughs> but I, lo- I mean i love her it's a 1962 chevy p10 that we rebuilt and it's 
it never works. So does Bessie go around to events? She she goes to events, mostly private events, because it's hard to gauge what you need for a public event. But she also has bailed us out. When we had the big storm the other day, Bessie came and saved the day because the power was out at Bishop Arts, so we sold pie from there. How often do you work on a pie flavor that we never see? Mm, good question. Probably more of a Mary question, but pretty rarely now. She pretty much knocks it out of the park. Like we, So the way we develop new pies now is that we are constantly taking suggestions from our staff. And then um, we kind of take, and we take suggestions. Like in the front of house, we'll take staff suggestions. And if um, a guest says, you know what pie you should make? We write it down, put it in the box. And then we always have it, which is how we ended up with our peach pie because that was our like biggest mm. request. But once we have sat down at the table and decided what flavor profile we're going for, and because we only have space for a certain number of pies, we can only do seven on the menu, four that are room temp and three that are cold. Um, we have to decide what pie are we going to replace because that's a big decision because people get mad. And then you, once you've decided that, you have to say, okay, we want a peach pie and it's got to be this flavor profile and it needs to be cold because it's replacing a cold pie. So the flip side of people being mad is that they clearly love, they feel like an emotional attachment to your yes. pies, which means you're doing something right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a big deal. Like it's kind of sad whenever we have to put one on the, like, on the retirement menu. That's why we have all the days where we're like, we're celebrating Global Beatles Day and we have strawberry fields pie because that way we can bring back people's favorites. I'll make sure we find a chai spice day, national tea day. You don't have to honestly, I mean, I love can it. We just but make you, you one. You don't need to do it on my behalf. It's okay. I can make you one. I mean, I, we wouldn't complain right. at the Golding Thomas household. You wouldn't be mad. No, the Tom Dings. Is that it? Is that what you've been uh, going by? That's like, I, I mean, like that's our, our hybrid. It's either that or gold ass. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> they're both they're both winners. Also, our initials initials are LGBT. Well, there you go. Sometimes we go by that. Also, you need a cat named like Qantas or something. We do not need a cat. That's the Have you worst thing dog? you've ever their said. Their dog is like four cats in one. Yes, <laughs> totally. That's very true. Um, okay, so your business partner Mary, uh -huh. y'all were friends to begin with. Mm -mm. No. She's purely my pie wife by arranged marriage. I guess I thought y'all were friends and I was going to ask you because I, I know several people that have tried businesses with their friends. Oh, yeah. I think that's why it works. It, well, and I feel like it gets complicated yeah. quick. Yeah. And so I was, y'all have true. been in business together for, what, seven? It'll be almost seven years. And so I just was wondering how that relationship has grown and changed. And if you have advice for people that, are thinking about doing, going into business with someone. Yeah. Um, so Mary and I are 50-50 partners, which I think is a big key to it because yep. we both own the same amount of the pie shop. We both own the same amount of the debt and the same amount of the success. It's a big deal. Um, we had to trust each other. And when we went into it, um, I think we were young enough and naive enough to be to real and scrappy and ready to do the work. Um, I, at the time that we were doing it, and still now, Paul and Wheeler both work a lot, so it's it makes sense for us to do that. And all of our friends were industrious and hustling, so it made sense. Um, so I think that the like workload didn't make people make us be pulled apart at first. And I also think when you're starting something with people, it's a lot easier to stick together because you're like we're in this, you know. 
And um, I mean, not, not, there were fights and it was hard, um, but we always know how to come back to each other and we communicate really well. And I think that's the big deal. I, we really are pie wives. I can tell her anything. I can look her in the eyes and be straight with her and she can do the same with me and may hurt feelings for a minute, but we always come back. And I think that's part of it. And as um, we've grown into success, there's been some different types of, of challenges there where um you didn't expect that. How, how do we put together something that's equitable for everyone? What do we each need out of this now? Um, more of that kind of stuff. Like, are we willing to continue forward with it after? Because um, our contract with each other was for five years. And so after that fifth year, we had to sit down and say, you know, we're both still hustling really hard. Now I have two kids and you and Wheeler are moving with different life things and you've got all these things going on. Like, how are we going to move forward with this? So. Um, we had to renew our commitment. The, the time that I think was the hardest for both of us has been the time after we've opened all three stores and there isn't like a new challenge for us. And so we're both kind of coasting and seeing all the problems with each of our departments. And so it makes you feel like you're treading water and looking at your baby and seeing all of its freckles for the first time or whatever. So mm-hmm. maybe warts is a better term. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and how how many how many years has it been? How many employees do you have now? It has been seven years, eight years really technically because we started in twenty eleven, um, but our store opened in seven years ago, um, and we have one hundred and four employees now. Holy wow. crap! And we are looking to add five more this next week. Oh. So we'll be up to one hundred and thirty by. Thanksgiving. So that's enough people where you have to have like a system for judging applicants. Absolutely, uh, we you, have a very strong system for do that. Do you have? Do you do? You do, you do a personality test? I'm no. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so uh, we do like know most people's enneagrams, not even because they tell us, but because like I just know, and I'm like, okay, I know how to communicate with you. But I feel like among a certain segment of the population that might apply to work at Emporium Pies, they would just tell you that information without you even asking. It would just be like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our front of housers are really more feelers. Yeah. Um, we, we kind of have like a profile of people that we look for for different departments. Like if I have somebody apply to work in the bakery and they are like super chipper and I love people, I'm like, not to say that our bakery people don't love people, but they're a more like put your head down and get your stuff done kind of bunch. And that person might make waves in our culture that we have there. And so we like steer them more to the front of house and then otherwise. But there's also like a kind of symbiotic flow. Like if you start out in the bakery and you're like, I love the company, but this doesn't work for me. We'll scoot you over to the front of house and let you try it out there. So works out. Hmm. Matt, are you a front of house or back of house person? I don't know what I am. Can I judge? Can I judge? I'm going to judge you both. I feel like Liz would flourish and do really well in our back of house. Even though you're front of house, even though you're front of house at other places, I think you would do front of classroom and your recent job. So I think we haven't talked about that on the air, by the way, have we? No, I haven't really told people yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. We'll get we'll get to that. You're great. Like I think, but I think you would do really well in the back of house because you would relate well with your fellow employees, but you also just really can see uh, two steps ahead and like to get things done. So I think you do well there. I think that Matt would do good in the front of house, but I think that you would be the person who works in the front of house. So we don't have it set up to where like there's one person on the register and one person's license. Like everybody does everything. So you would be the person who would sign up to work front of house and you'd be trained on everything, but you would always want to bus because you can be in the back. 
You're still like being around dishes. all the people. Oh. But Busting you, is you when you bust, you're in the back. Dishes, man. I thought she said bust. Sometimes a no, bus. Bus. Okay. Yeah, I know what busing is. Are you one of those privileged people that never worked in a restaurant? Uh, no, I'm one of those privileged people that tried to work in a restaurant <laughs> and couldn't get hired because I bombed all of the interviews. That I <laughs> <laughs> what you should, should I have been said? Like, I want to be a busboy. Yeah, <laughs> How old were you? When was this? This was uh, right after college. Okay. I um, was, it the, was it the part where you went to Rice? And I, then they were like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I think it, they could tell that I wasn't serious about serving as like a long-term endeavor, and maybe that was. Uh, I don't I, know I though might because have actually said that out loud. <laughs> well, <laughs> so what it was, <laughs> what it was, is that you weren't a train server. Like, if sometimes servers, it depends on where you. Like, if you're working at TGI Chili Bees, like they're fine to be. Like, okay, this person has served before, they can work here for three months, I don't care, because there's very little training involved. It's like, you go to the past, you get, you have to be very good at it, it's this very skilled job, but mm. working at a place like that, there's very little training. You just have to smile at people, do the things, know where their stuff is, if you already have worked in restaurants. If you've never worked in a restaurant before, there are so many things that you have to learn to get to the point where TGI Chili Beans is like, cool, I got you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, nobody told me this back there's when some I was applying there. Papa Do's. Yeah, that I think Papa Do's kind of counts as a TGI Chili Bees. Yeah, I think you're right. Definitely. Huh. TGI Chili Papa, so I don't have to figure out a new acronym. So you were saying that the social cut thing we were talking about earlier doesn't affect you anymore. How, how much of that is, I don't forget your therapist's name, but um, her responsibility. So not really that much. So I my like sense of, when I have a bad sense of self-worth, it's more this weird worry that I have offended someone or mm. like do people think bad about me? Okay. Which we can get into when we talk about Internet Cafe too. But like that's kind of more where my Let's anxiety go. rests. So um, as a person with very limited time and who loves spending time at my house with my family and the beautiful house that I built, <laughs> Um, and and I really truly enjoy working. Like my my kids and my husband have been out of town since yesterday morning at ten, and I've just worked solid since then. And I will until I get on a plane to join them in Seattle on Sunday. And I get so much life out of that, and I love it. So sometimes I see social events that are not directly connected to me, like weddings or um, or celebrations for people or like little kids birthday parties where you get invited to a thousand of them it's like i love you i love your kid i love that this is happening for you but i might not necessarily get as much out of it so i've kind of left behind the like i'm not invited to things thing and now if i get cool. like if my friends are on a group text and then they like make a side group text without me that would maybe make me sad mm -hmm. but that's different okay i got it Earlier I said two things, and the first thing was that we paused to say, and I don't remember what the second thing was. It, was, it seemed interesting at the time, though. But That's just awesome. to acknowledge that people are waiting for item two. I'm sure they were. It's not coming. On the edge of their seat. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds plausible. Um, I have more business-related questions. Are you bored yet, Matt? Are you still bored? With the business No, questions? no, I wasn't bored with Megan at all. I was just bored with that first question, like, just. we got to start somewhere. Yeah, you gotta lay the groundwork. Not everybody. I'm not prolific, Matt. You uh, can't let you have you so the best flowers. Yes. Um, your interior design business. That's still kind of running. So you have zero failed ventures. Is that what you're saying? The flower thing is still running. The uh, the this now I'm bored by you as well. I'm bored by. You. <laughs> okay, so I, I wanted to talk about, about failure. failure. That's it what depends, I wanted to talk okay, about. Okay, I'm happy to talk about failure. Like, I, I mean, you want to talk about Internet Cafe too. We can get into it, but I will say, 
most of the things that I do outside of the pie shop now, I mean, even the pie shop when we first started, were like hobbies. And so the pie shop just kind of stuck. Okay. Um, interior design is what I went to school for. And um, I did interior design and project management. But the reason I say it's not closed is that Megan Wilkes Design still, A, gets people asking me to be their client, my client. I'm like, no, I don't do that anymore. But I also. So there, that's a, it's a failed business. Yeah, really. but that's, I my design and build all of the pie shops. Wait, know, do th- when things end, are they always failures? So that seems to be what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, that's how I think about it. How many failed business ventures do you have? I have so many. But does that not make Can you, you put sad? Can you so, like if you label everything yeah, that you close you as sad. a failure yeah. in, instead of like a closing of a chapter or moving on to something else? Matt's always sad. I think you're supposed to. I think you're Matt supposed a better to be therapist. angry about this stuff. <laughs> Like, the way that you're angry about that death is a thing. Like, death is bullshit. And yeah, but I can't do Dub S Flowers and Megan Wilkes Interiors exactly. and Internet Cafe 2 and Emporium right. Pies and have Emporium Pies become an empire. And empire. empire. Exactly. In the same way that the world can't handle having every person that's ever been alive alive at the same time. So, But that doesn't make death any less of an outrage. I don't think death is an outrage. I think whenever I'm old enough to die, I'm going to be ready. Yes, you're. If I die young, I might be sad. You're raising your hand, Liz. I just had a something really important. I wanted to. How many puns? How many pie puns are there? Because there's empire. There are unlimited pie Entre puns. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. I came up with another really good one the other day. Oh, and I'm, I'm gonna remember it later. But there's a lot. So we actually have um, just... pun contest now, and the and we rebranded one of our vans who had had three accidents last year. <laughs> and um, delivery vans, b- delivery vans back to the like, we can never the have vans an emergency. Don't count as a truck. You mentioned a truck earlier. In so the truck was a food truck. Okay. But the, truck the vans is, are vans. The truck delivery is customer vans. oriented. The, yeah, vans the vans are like are utilitarian. The vans didn't get mentioned interior. in. So, but they're, but they're delivery. They're like logistical. The truck is front of house. The vans are <laughs> back, back of house. <laughs> okay. So we have our first van that we bought. Um, we actually bought purely out of the need for a walk-in at our Bishop Art store. We didn't have enough storage. So we literally got a refrigerated van and and plugged it in, and it sat behind the pie shop, and that was our walk-in for a minute. Okay. And her name was Vanna White because she was white. But then we wrapped her, and Vanna White didn't really fit anymore, but then we really decided to change because literally two days after I paid off our loan on Vanna White, a kid had an accident in her. One of our, our drivers. And so that really was the worst. What was that guy's Enneagram number? I don't even know. He was a sweet, sweet guy. And I wish he'd stayed with us. But once you have an accident in the van, even if I look him in the eyes and I'm like, it's okay. Everyone has accidents. We looked at the camera. You were doing exactly what you're supposed to. This person stopped too fast. All of that stuff. He still, like, it, it just becomes too much. So, but it was really sad because he was a great guy. Um, but um, we recently acquired a new van and we rebranded this van as Vanny DeVito because it's now the smallest van in our fleet. And then now our bigger vans that are really, really massive um, are the Space Force. And we have the Pilenium Falcon and Starship Enterprise. <laughs> it's very good. And you, when, you, right. when you've trained up on driving the big vans. I really resisted this pun conversation when it started, but I think you brought me well, well, when you start, So when you start and you get to drive the big vans, you get a pin, a Space Force pin to wear on your lapel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Aaron is into the 
Starship Enterprise. We even put the little thing. He's into. He likes Star Trek. We put the Star Trek thing on the bottom of it underneath. Into the conversation every time. It was great. He gave me the thumbs up. I don't know what your problem is. It was to shut you up, I think, is what that was. Stop talking about me. Although I will say, like, in our Notion tab for, for like, the to-do list, it's labeled priorities. Oh, see, okay, I think peop- anybody wants to send us your pie puns. Yes. Also, your van. Info at EmporiumPies.com. I was just going to say, no, send, send me it, a message, and then me. I'll send it to Megan, because I, I want in on it. I'll forward them to you. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Send them to Megan. Yeah, we actually it. have naming contests in our company, and you get fifty bucks if you name it. <clears throat> that's it's a that's sweet good. deal. I feel like you'd be good at that, Matt. You can come bust for us, but then you'll be involved in the fifty dollars naming competition. No, I don't do I don't do puns. You're not punny. <laughs> I mean, those are some pretty good puns. I, I don't have the gift. I don't have the gift. I of love giving, a good pun. Of being punny. Uh, you um you uh but you have a history of uh you you named. One or two beers. At, at I did name a beer. Have we mentioned at it? Small Brew Pub? One of my one? one of my best achievements. Yeah, but I think this Do is. We, gonna we need t- some context. I though. think this is going to tell you all about my creative capacity. So well, I was in Small Brew but Pub. But we once. need some bigger context. Of oh, about Aaron. Me, what Aaron does. Aaron is not just our our podcast audio engineer. He uh, he doesn't want to get talked about. <laughs> Aaron Garcia, entrepreneur and owner of the. Aaron, Aaron just said, in as quiet a voice as possible, you're veering, you're veering off. Because <laughs> this podcast is is very focused uh, all the time. Anyway, I have a bottle in now, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're there. Uh, anyway, I was at Small Brew Pub once, where Aaron brews beer and is one of the owners, and he. If I remember correctly, you can like nod or you know give me some sort of sign. But you were you were trying to name this beer, and the way you described it is it's sort of like a sour. It's like kind of like it's a little bit sour, but like it's not like super sour. And we went through all these different names because it's actually really hard to come up with a name that tells you something about the beer that's not taken already. Absolutely. And so, what did I name the beer? Do you know? Sort of sour. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Yep. I ordered many of them. Simple, concise, brilliant. When should you better believe every time I was in there and it was on the board, I took a picture of it. I believe it. And then told everyone I, I knew every time. But doesn't it? I named isn't this there beer. something so lovely about being around something that you know is like gonna do well, and and your friends did it, and then you were a part of it? Like that is not such mm-hmm. a cool thing. Yes, it is. And I. Yeah, Aaron, no, it, Aaron it, just they, was it. Was that your basic beach of beers? Well. The beer didn't sell very well. I mean, I'm you know, yeah. It's not, I don't think it's because of the name. No, I think the name was. Or I mean, maybe the name was too honest. I, I think don't think it was because no, of the name. No, I think it's beer. because sometimes people don't want to try something that they don't know what it is. Like, that's why the basic beach failed. It was delicious. It was yeah. pistachio. Speaking of great names. Orange cream. You, we have two naming Earl geniuses in, in this podcast right now. Both uh, are like solid, your, your apple okay. pies, Lord of the Pies. Lord of the Pies. So that actually, me and Mary sat down and named our entire menu. And I don't know who came up with the idea, me or her, that we were going to name all the pies. We sat down and came up with a menu um, when I was visiting a friend in Tulsa, and I was like, we've got to get the menu out to D Magazine. And so we just sat down and did it in like 10 minutes. So our entire first lineup was named very quickly. Yeah. I'm impressed. I think that's a good lesson in not thinking yeah, too no, hard don't about think things. It. Yeah. Um, that was a sidetrack. We were in the middle of another conversation. Was it therapy? Was it, I don't know. 
I don't a little know. bit. Oh, you have hinted this. The Internet Cafe 2.0 has come up a couple. I just want to say though, Inter-cafe, if it's going to make Inter-cafe you, Cafe three, if it's going to cause anxiety, I don't. We don't have to talk about it. So I actually don't have any anxiety anymore about Internet Cafe two because my therapy has been working. Okay. okay. Um. So what was Internet Cafe? So 2? Internet Cafe two was an started as an art pro- well it started as a joke that we would sit around the fire and talk about with our friends about how the idea what what customers expect from hospitality these days some customers not all and what hospitality businesses are set up to provide are often very very different and um they this guests, is not a very funny joke yet. <laughs> set up, setup's not really. The guest has been given, um, has been given a platform, several platforms. Um, anybody who knows me knows my ire for Yelp. Um, yep. To be able we'll to speak into other people's businesses in a way where people take the idea that the customer is always right as whatever I say is what you have to do. When really it's more about algorithms, whereas like I take the basic beach off the menu because not very many people buy it. That's the customer is always right. Somebody coming in and clapping in my face and screaming at me is not always right. So you have this uh, or abusing my employees in any way. You have this disconnect there. And so Internet Cafe 2 started as us just sitting around the fire, basically complaining about some of the stuff that happens in the industry. And like, what if we made this and we did this joke and we did this joke and it would be really funny. And so Paul and I bought with my dad, bought the building that the pie shop uh, kitchen is in and it had two other spaces. So it made sense at the time for us to open something in one of those. And so we were like, what if we finally open this joke coffee shop and we'll do all the things that annoy us that we have to do or or we'll make kind of jokes about all the things that annoy us about how customers expect people to do certain things a certain way, but also about how sometimes restaurants have adapted to those things in ways that are inhospitable. So you, you try to please the customer to the extent that you have made things uncomfortable for the customer. But then you also are um, making things uncomfortable for your staff. And then you also are um, kind of making it people, anybody who has worked in the industry, which I would say is probably like 60 to 70 percent of people these days, sees what you're doing and they know. And it's so it's kind of funny. It's like a little inside joke of like, okay, we know you're you're doing this to try to, you know, still turn a profit while making everybody happy. And what we've kind of learned with the pie shop that what works for us is that you just really can't make everybody happy. You have to stay really true and focused to what you do and be okay with that. So Internet Cafe 2 was kind of like our um, we're going to do everything wrong and and see what happens deal. And part of it was that we needed to lease enough space in that building to make it viable to be insurable. <laughs> part of it, <laughs> I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah. But part of it was that we wanted a fun art project. The pie shop was at a lull right then. We didn't have the money or and our team wasn't ready to grow. And so I needed something to do because like you said, I am a serial entrepreneur. I like to be busy. I'm always thinking of the next thing. And if I don't have a business project, I'm building a new house. So it's like, I got to have something going all the time. My brain just works so fast in that way. And so we started Internet Cafe too, and it's been really a humbling experience for me because um, I was really cocky about the idea 
and really excited about it because the execution of it was going to be fun and we knew it was going to lose money we knew that it was going to not be it was going to be just a pet project but um i did an interview that i wasn't a hundred percent sure that it was an interview can we put some context yeah. around the actual performance okay. art of the okay. shop okay so the first, performance art of the shop, you, you, shop the way you pitched it to me before it was ever open was freaking hysterical and it was like the actual uh, you know culmination of the vision was also very very funny so basically we opened a coffee shop that was very tiny there was only about four seats uh, there was a couch and two chairs and um, and a table and also like location I think is important yes so the, our original business card said um, at the corner of Zang, of Zang and Beckley behind the 7-Eleven next door to the mortuary look for the the broken down postal trucks because it was literally next to a mortuary and a, a shop that fixes yeah. postal trucks. It was the only retail space the in only an industrial space. area. Yes, yes. And so it really legitimately, we knew that it was set up to fail. Um, but we also did things like put 700 outlets in there. Like there were so many <laughs> electrical outlets and some of them didn't work. <laughs> Because it's like sometimes you go to a coffee what shop and what percentage of them didn't work? Well, I would say like there were there were probably twelve outlets and four of them didn't work. <laughs> and so sometimes you go to a coffee shop and in real fashion, like it's really important that people can't hang out too long. Like that's the death of a coffee shop. Yeah. They're paying three dollars for that seat and they're going to sit there all day long. <laughs> I get it, I know, but so people won't put outlets. But then it, for your people who come in and they're just going to sit for ten minutes, but then their computer's dead. That's really awful yeah. so it's like okay this is hilarious <laughs> how many, i'm gonna put a hundred dollars in here and they're not all gonna work and, and how much actual seating did you have two seats, two seats and, and a couch and so the other thing is that we had those like the reserve signs that they put at fancy restaurants were on the table and like on the couch so when you walked in all the seating was reserved but like but a 99 percent chance that nobody's going to be there <laughs> <laughs> so then we also had a wall of coffee mugs that are like for our special guests, but it was really just pictures of all of our friends. And when people would ask, well, how do you get the special coffee mug? We'd be like, you can't. It's only for our friends. And sometimes Lucas, who was our general manager, would tell people they're a thousand dollars. And so there's just all this other stuff. And then we also had at the pie shop, our big thing is that we make everything with natural ingredients. So we, um, but we always get people yelling at us that we don't have like sweet and low and all these other things and I'm like well you just paid this much money for a slice of pie that doesn't have those and that's why we we don't um and so we adapted that for the pie shop we listened to the guests but at internet cafe we had a whole box like a tea box of all of the different artificial sweeteners available um we also we made it at first we were going to make it really gross in there kind of like they did at um like not gross but like kind of make it look like an old bodega coffee shop kind of thing. But I was like, that's going to not be genuine because it's clearly a new building. So we went with the like Instagram aesthetic vibe. And so we started charging people $25 to do photo shoots in there. If they like clearly came just to take pictures, we would charge them um, to take pictures. That was most of our revenue. <laughs> um, but they paid. They yeah. didn't like get huffy and leave. They're like, okay, that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So we also put wow. a phone in it the was bathroom. Also, wasn't it also extra if you wanted Folgers? Yes. If, so we all, well, that's another joke is that we had really great coffee. We actually hired good baristas and we had really great coffee, but you could pay it. It was a dollar for Folgers. Um, and we had always had Folgers on the menu. Um, mostly that was for my mom, but that was part of the joke. 
Because my mom doesn't like the coffee at the pie shop because it's not Folgers. There is definitely a certain person that comes in and wants, or they'll be like, I want your dark roast. And when you're like, oh, yeah, we don't, I'm sorry, we don't don't have that. that. That's that frowny face. Yeah, yeah. And so, and we also had like 700 types of syrups and they were all the bad ones. Just kind of. I don't know. It was fun. And we put a phone in the bathroom because one of our problems at the pie shop is that we found we only have one bathroom in, in the Bishop Arts and McKinney store. And we found that people would go in there and they'd be in there for a really long time. But I knew what they were doing. They were on their phone. They're in there for just long enough that you like you know what they're doing. So we put like a, an analog telephone in the pie shop or in the uh, bathroom at Internet Cafe, too. So we had all these like little fun jokes but also really good coffee because like I mean I'm it's next to my office I want to have it. So um but I did an interview that I didn't really know was fully an interview. I probably would have phrased things a little bit differently. A lot of things that should have been like conceptual, like what I just talked to you about like this is the concept um were put as like direct quotes. So it came across very abrasively and I had a panic attack because um a customer that goes to a lot of coffee shops around Oak Cliff wrote that scathing diatribe, which I pr- probably deserved um, based on that article, if that's all you knew of me. Um, but it really um, hit home. So I reached out to people, Liz, a couple of other people that were coffee shop owners. This customer had mentioned other coffee shop owners that they were friends with. So I reached out to them and all of my friends that obviously I have many friends who own coffee shops. So I reached out to everybody and most people were really cool with it, except for one. And um, the one that was uncool with it, it really got under my skin and it really bothered me. And that's what like finally got me to start going to therapy. It kicked off this anxiety into me where I didn't want to say anything to anybody that was truthful that wasn't a close friend. And after every time I would hang out with people, I would text them at like two in the morning and be like, did I say something to offend you? Did I hurt your feelings? Did I mess something up? And it it really was uh, the last year and a half have been really unproductive for me. And it was really hard on Paul and I in in our marriage because we had done this as a fun thing for us to enjoy and this person just sucked all the joy out of it for me I would have closed the doors before we even opened after that after it wasn't Uh, the article I didn't know any of this I knew the I knew the vision and I saw the execution and I thought it was hysterical and I knew there was some bad blood there but I didn't know I did learn some cool stuff though part of that is that sometimes you're never ever ever Going to make everybody happy, which is what Internet Cafe 2 started as. A, a joke of that, it is impossible in the hospitality industry to make everybody happy, even if you do it perfectly. So um, I just lost sight of that vision and, and, and that joke. And that is what made it really unfunny was that I, I lost sight of that. And in and, and coming to the realization of everything that I have about why all that started and what caused it, I've realized that. I need to go back to my roots of, I know that I do good work, but not everyone is going to like my good work. And the people who liked Internet Cafe 2 really liked Internet Cafe 2. Even the Instagrammers who came in and took pictures on the toilet with their t-shirt off. So, oh, funny. There's nudes. Uh, That's amazing. Are they, they, if we go to the tag, can we find them? If you go to the hashtag, there's nudes. Hashtag hashtag? Internet Cafe 2. Okay, but I do have another business idea. Wait, no, I'm not done with this. It's called Sin Nudes. That's, I think that already I mean, exists. I think it exists, and it's already successful. Yeah. This is like your your what's what's the new pie shop that's coming in after you've uh, you've already set the groundwork. Okay. Anyways, that's, go. What were your um, questions? So so it sounds to me if I can if I can play yeah. your yeah. your like really downscale therapist. I'm sorry. Here. 
Her, oh, I thought you were going to say for your downer. I'm going to play off your downer. I'm like, oh. no, no. Downscale therapist. I'm, uh, it sounds to me like you set out to make a deliberately borderline offensive art concept store that offended somebody. And I don't, I mean, that's, that's the way I. Yeah, I think that, I think that the thing is that I'm a person that can always take a joke and I'm very, very hard to offend. So sometimes I have a hard time understanding when people get offended by things, like, like personally offended. Like I I can see saying like, that's off color or whatever, but like personal offense to things is really interesting to me because I, it's a concept that I don't really understand very well. Because I don't get personally offended very easily, if at all. Okay. Okay. So. Wait, what's, can you, is sin nudes what we think it is? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I just, sin I feel like nudes. it's not. I feel sin, like it's okay. like a. Registered trademark, registered trademark, Megan Wilkes. Um, <laughs> sin nudes is an app and it's spelled yes, it N-O-O-D-S and it, it is an app that has delivery for any Noodle, kind of noodles. Noodles. Sin nudes. Uh, any kind of noodles. Pun. It's like favor delivery. for noodles. noodles. Favor for noodles. All yes. the noodles. That's great. Um, What's your favorite type of noodle? I really enjoy uh, a good Thai drunken noodle dish. Um, mm. Can you eat noodles? I mean, I, I can have like rice noodles, right? rice noodles, rice yeah. Noodles. I can so you can eat drunken mung noodles. Mung bean, mung bean noodles I can do, glass noodles. Has anyone here been to Cow Noodle Shop? I hear about Cow Noodle Shop all the time. Do they have noodles that I can Excellent. have? Excellent. Uh, I've yes. heard that it's great. I believe so. Okay. I don't know about the things they, you know, the ingredients they add to it. But Laotian, I believe. I don't want to speak yeah, Laotian, out of turn, but it's, well, we I have think a it's fantastic Laotian place here in Oak Cliff. I think we talked about Lee Market with Dan. Yeah. Oh, did we? I think we cut that out because it ended up being four hours and we had to cut something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Lee Market is delicious. Yeah. Lee Market is worth everybody's time. Uh, All right. Same Internet news. Cafe 2.0. Like, I just want to. I feel like. I I feel like. I would not. I would never go back in my in my life and take that out okay, because good. I learned good. such a valuable lesson about myself and about which was uh, which was that a I can't take everything personally. Yeah. Like somebody being upset about what you said, like an offensive pie shop or like, uh, coffee shop that we made to be offensive specifically. Like offended, like it was. Performance I, I shouldn't art. care. It was, it was performance art. I shouldn't care that deeply what that person thinks because in all reality, I don't really care. A, about them like I mean yeah, that, that, does, okay. that sounds mean like as a person I'm sure that they're great but I don't interact with them socially and um, I think part of that comes from growing from a small town like uh, w- what everybody cares about you really matters mm-hmm. and I think that that is why I moved to the city but I didn't realize it until later but it sounds like it took a lot of work to get to that place. oh yeah it took like, a little bit of work but I really also enjoyed it like even after even after yeah. all of that like making the jokes in real time was great I agree. I loved going. It was I, fun. Um, I still regret that I didn't get, find find a way to get the uh, the DOS prompts that were cactus shaped to you guys. You had a '90s like a Pentium on the. What yeah, was? it was a it was a Dell. Okay. But it was yeah a '90s computer, and our our um, our system for tracking. Um, guest rewards was just an Excel document, and you would like put an X by your name every time you came in. Yeah. But you had to use Windows 3.1 if I remember. Yeah, and it crashed several times. Yeah. And people come in and be like, my exes are gone. And we were like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 
Go ahead. You have a question, Liz. Yeah, at I, least, no, I was about to talk about myself. Okay. Can I finish the DOS yes, prompt thing please. real quick? So I, my, one of my first summer jobs in college. Um, oh, you were going to talk about enough. yourself. Please. Well, this is related to the yeah, computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go. Uh, if you have a DOS prompt no, story that no, fits in, I, into I don't this, even know what this y'all are talking about. You don't know about DOS? No, I don't. Know, I don't know you anything didn't, about. Disc you didn't have to like type. Like when you were a kid, there wasn't like a black screen, uh, and you had to type in. The C prompt. We didn't have a computer when I was a kid. Oh man! Thanks, though. Speaking of privilege, I am privileged. Yeah. That's fine. I was a solid. I was. I believe I was raised middle class. And not one of those people that says they were raised middle class, but they were like upper middle class, okay. like we're moving, moving to the, moving to upper class. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we did not have a computer. Oh. Like I learned, I had a type, we had typewriter. It was a big deal whenever we got our computer, like my dad like showed it to all of us and I was very young and I remember being like, Cool. <laughs> yeah. Ours had a roach infestation. Our first one. Was an Apple. Apparently, that was a thing back in the early '80s. Like Apple IIe's, like roaches were attracted to something they used in the motherboards, and it like they got everywhere in our house as a result of getting this used Apple IIe. That's horrifying. It was terrible. But please hey, keep going with your story. So my um, uh, summer job in high in college, I worked for some. Um, like French electrical component maker. Back of house? Oh, totally back of house. Very back of house. I'm actually my whole, like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Uh, but I was supposed to, they had a broken, my entire project, the entire, the whole summer was they had a broken label maker, um, that they needed to print labels and I was supposed to fix it. And I was supposed to write a manual for how to make it work because nobody knew how to make it work. And I did that in like the first week and then I had nothing to do the rest of the summer and they had nothing for me to do. So me and a buddy of mine spent the entire summer making custom DOS prompts. So instead of the C prompt, you can find a batch file in an old, you know, x86 system where you go and like make art out of the little, instead of C colon, you know, forwards whatever slash carrot deal um you can change it and you can use like you can change ascii art and make colors and i made all of these shapes as dos prompts That's the really entire cool. summer and shared them one of them was a cactus that looked exactly like the art that was at internet cafe 2.0 out in their window and when i went there the first time there was an x86 machine with a dos prompt and I was like, I have to get my old. And I found, I actually found my old DOS prompt files from that summer. We still have the computer. I was going to get them on there. And I'm like, I feel like it's my fault. Aaron's oh, showing me what they, those look like for context. He yeah. pulled up the Wikipedia page. I do, I do need to say one more thing before you get into yours about offending people with Internet Cafe 2. We accidentally offended someone and probably a lot of someone's that we didn't even know. Mm -hmm. So apparently there is a slur in um, Latin American cultures of saying that you have a cactus on your forehead. And oh. so our logo was oh a cactus goodness. face. And actually, a local Oak Cliff person that, that we all know was like, you know, that's really offensive. And I was like, no. Really? And he was like, yeah. So apparently it means like that you are, I, I don't know exactly the translation of it, but it's basically like you're not assimilating. Oh. And so, oh my goodness, I didn't know. Like, and, and so that was something that actually taught me a really valuable lesson of like sometimes 
even if you, like, I didn't design that logo. We had friends that were co- collaborating with us on it because they were all so excited about all the jokes. So it's like, sometimes you just don't know. Well, sometimes you, sure you step don't. into something because you don't know it's there. It's yeah. like uh, the lesson Chevy learned in the in the 70s. Or Pepsi learned uh, with the Kendall Jenner gate. I was going to say, I feel like that's... I think that the key lesson I learned is that you have to be willing to admit fault and then, and then, but also realize like we're all human and we err. And if you, uh, if you are scared to do things because you're worried to offend people, then you're not ever going to do anything great. I I just, for the record, I really hope the team behind the Kendall Jenner ad didn't, didn't, doesn't tell themselves the same story. (laughs) They need to, they need need to, but you know what? They all need to admit fault. Like, I think that's the problem with our society today is that everybody makes mistakes, but instead of trying to, instead of saying like, I own that, it was not a great idea. I've learned a lesson from it. They're always like, I didn't send a picture of my penis to that lady. Why, I should still be the governor of wherever. And it's like, yes, that's clearly your junk. Your wife said she left you. Like, come on, man. Like, just say that was a really stupid move of mine. Not that he should still be in office, but at least, like, save face a little bit, right? So do you feel like a part of this was something you should you would need to say that was a stupid move on yours? What was a stupid move on my part was being cocky about it and not being discerning with how we rolled out the concept. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, the interview that I had came off as pretty cocky. Okay. Yeah. But this is kind of your brand. I wouldn't put that all on me, but I would put some of it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, The Chevy thing... The Chevy thing was the Nova. Nope, nope. Still, it's still Matt. What? In the, the Nova. Yeah, it won't the go. The Chevy Nova. I just oh, was, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was going to say, because Megan and I weren't born then. Uh, but I know about the Chevy Nova, because that's, like, hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. hysterical. Okay, sure. Your turn. Uh, yes. All I was going to say, <laughs> it's very self-serving, but isn't it one of my bumper stickers that I made? Wasn't it on the computer? Yes. And it's. I still have it on my car. Yes, yeah, so taking the, it back to episode this self, one. Yeah, this is, ep- this is podcast. Oh, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, like, a little of both. Um, but I'm. We have talked about the Ted Cruz avocado bumper stickers that yes. I made, and they say I'm a heavy fan. Yeah, Ted Cruz wrong on avocados, wrong for America, and y'all, you and Paul are like one of the only other people that have it yeah. on your car. So we have it on our car, and I get on that in compa- North Dallas all the time, and I'm always like, are they going to be mad about it, or are they going to be excited? And it's like 50-50, <laughs> but when they're excited, they're very excited. I have never great. had somebody That's great. stop me and be rude about it. Most people just stop me in a parking lot. and I've, I've had a couple of fist wavings, but I will say, um, avocado bumper sticker-wise, one of the fun things about Internet Cafe was that it was right after the election, and so we really got to make a lot of really great jokes. Like, our tip jar always said, like, Mueller Investigation Fund and things like mm-hmm. that. So I, I can't really make jokes politically um, when you own a big shop that has to kind of cater to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, although we love, we love everybody, and we're we happy to have everybody in. Um, but, like, obviously, everyone's political views are different. It was easier for us to make those jokes. There. I've actually been surprised having, like, working at a coffee shop, I am surprised at how I think it's only ever come up once or twice in the three years I've worked there, which surprises me about myself. Like, yeah. I thought it would be, I thought I would have to, like, hold it back. Yeah. But it turns out. Yeah. People just don't talk about it. Yeah. I'm kind of the place where I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Word. Did you There's wanna... a lot of things I don't want to think about yeah. anymore. 
Did you want to talk about the debates? This well, podcast is probably going to air in, about. in a month from now, so it'll be. Like I haven't really watched dated. them yet, so I would be uneducated. I didn't want. I um, none of us a, watched. I had a chocolate popsicle. I walked my dog. I took a bath. Yeah, I, I'm not ready. There's too many. Me, I don't. Me neither. I I'll just want that. us to pick Elizabeth Warren and and get on with it. And okay. so I don't need. I'm good. I don't need to. I don't think she can win. I think that's a problem we create. We decide she can't win. And well, I, she can't well win. I like her a lot, but I, I just feel like the the hard part is, I mean, I don't know. I like her a lot. I like I like several of the candidates, but I feel like if you set like. Yelp review. Of I, I right hate now. it's no, it's it's the thing. I hate the thing of being like, we have to pick a moderate, but I feel like we have to pick a moderate. Hate it, but it's true. I just think this is why I can't be in politics. There's people in the middle, and if they're like, oh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't really like Donald Trump, but, like, Elizabeth Warren is a lady, like, fuck you. It's not, like, about, her just, being, it's not like, about her being a woman. It's about the the issues that the, that the voters turn on um, are things that— I feel like we have to be um, she's she's like in your face about where we need to have someone who's more like diplomatic about. I guess I just think there's a certain group of people that want to make excuses about why they won't vote for the Democrat, which really they're trying to tell themselves like they're going to vote for Donald Trump, but they need to tell themselves maybe my that, head is like, under the sand, but I really feel like there's a lot there's of people who probably would vote for that that voted for Trump in the previous election who would vote for someone else if they felt like they would meet them on middle ground. See, I think those people are an illusion. I am not convinced those people are going to quote unquote save us. I still have a very but, strong connection to many small towns and that's where I get that idea of like the people being like he didn't do what he said he was going to do and now I don't have insurance or that kind of Wait, stuff. Wait, have you actually talked to a person who said that? Yes. Okay, because everybody I know, like, Trump ate their brain and they're, like, on board. No. I've talked to several people who are like, we thought this was going to happen and it's not. But, like, I would say from what I've heard from people in rural America, the the key things are gun control and abortion. And and for me, obviously, um, as I, what I would now coin myself to be more of a raging liberal, I would say that those those um, aspects, um, but someone who was raised very conservatively and still feels certain aspects of that, I would say that um, we it, a, a gentler touch maybe is going to be required because there are several people who have seen that this, this specific um, administration has not served them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are people like that. You're and more, I've talked to people like well, that. Well, you're more compassionate com- than me because my attitude is get over it. Donald Trump is a problem. And whoever, like, wins the nomination, people need to get over it. But that's it. the thing that the Trump supporters think, too, is, like, get over it. Yeah, but well. anyway, yeah. it's sad. The whole situation is hard because it's like everybody's angry at each other. Well, and my problem, like, I haven't watched any of it. And my reason is, like, I just can't stand the thought, like, uh, to quote my friend Heather on Facebook, like, that we're facing an extinction level event and, and we're talking about job creation. And, and uh, yeah. it's like, I just picture a cartoon panel of like a meteor heading down to the, towards the earth and like all these candidates lined up and they're like, well, you know, we really need to bring the 
we need to stop Meanwhile, this Meanwhile, all problem. of Europe is like, oh, it's, uh, yes, it's very hot and it's 100 degrees yeah. outside, but also um, we have to close our pools because they're now unsafe because it's so hot yeah. and so many people are in them, but you don't have air conditioning. And the U.S. is like, 100 degrees, that's 100 all the time here. And it's like, yeah, but everybody's sitting in a... Mm-hmm. It's also hard to watch a bunch of egos not be able to get out of the way for like... Yeah, it's the just, common good. So yeah. it's 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 well, not it's not great. We also were raised on a healthy diet of like Independence Day and Men in Black and all that, where the government is like on it. They are united, and the United States is leading things, and they're like, we are on this, and it's. I feel like that kind of makes it even more sad to see that it's like we're the ones who are like, nah, Cole's cool. Uh, okay. Sorry, if I'm talking too much. I'm telling you, shut up. No. We haven't even gotten how to math questions. How dare you come on to our podcast and talk? Let me mic this way and do it. There you go. Yeah, that's I'm going to have to call it Uber. These, <laughs> I, these are half broken, but I got these uh, these swing arms so that you can pull them towards you. Wait, is this your? No, this belongs to. Pod booth. <laughs> this is, belongs to a local church. Um, and they let us. Uh, I It's my gear. Like Which it's one? a deal. St. Jude's. Speaking of local churches, you know uh, regular podcast reference Father Father Paul. I do know old Father P. Yep. Good guy all around. We're just gonna make you. it a point, like a regular, like a thing. We just got to get our our you know gold bug Father Paul mention in. He's like a, a character we never meet. Yeah. No, gold bugs on every page. Richard Scary. Children's books. Yeah, I mean, I know who Richard Scary is, but I'm I don't know enough. I'm not like a deep dive Richard Scary gal. Sorry, we can move on. Matt knows a lot of things that I don't know. Steel trap brain. Speaking of, I feel like that's a line you have to work in in some form or fashion in every podcast. Oh, I think everybody already. You know, you don't. No, stop. Show you don't tell. Shut up. Show don't tell. Shut up. This is a very contentious episode already. Do you have a problem with the, conflict? Conflict the, brings the growth, Matt. Does it? Is this it? Are we facing the downhill, the, the, the people questionable like conflict. people? Conflict brings growth. <sighs> this is making me uncomfortable. The un, the makes, uphill, that's the problem with men. Conflict brings growth. Men don't like conflict. Men never grow. Is that the... Oh, yep. Aaron's reaching for the whiskey. You know, <laughs> no. With lots of that. therapy, just like with women, men can overcome their obstacles. <laughs> You're not in therapy right now, are you, Matt? Uh, not not formally, no, no. Well, I have I feel like for, what, what's in? I would vote therapy? for whichever candidate says therapy is now free. There like, you go. I think Bernie Sanders is kind of yeah, yeah he is, but like I'm trying to say that. I mean, I feel like I feel like it could just be like therapy is free, and there's a twelve dollar copay for doctor's visits. Well, so. <laughs> Couple things. Elizabeth Warren looks like she could be my mom's sister, and so I feel like yeah, you should like, look you a lot her. like your I mom. I like her. I like. And her she's really good at wearing a tennis shoe. But she like, can rock a tennis also, shoe. Also, I feel like they bring a similar energy to issues, which so like I I feel like a familial connection to her, even though we may not have one. But two, I don't know anything else anything else about Andrew Yang, but he wants to get rid of the penny. That's amazing. It's a great thing. And I, that's yeah. incredibly compelling. I would vote for anyone who wanted to get rid of the penny, but also wanted to so get just, rid of. That caption's going on my immediate. Can I plug, can I plug another podcast really quick? Please. Frame. So there's a podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed. 
Aaron just told me about it last week. And it's so good. And he talks about the penny. Yep. I think I have that episode. And um, the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, that's, I'm like, that's my first one I'm going to yeah, listen to. It's incredible. Because Piggly, Piggly Wiggly put my great-grandfather's grocery store out of business here in Dallas. Yep. Um, yep. Rapist in the White House. Let's get rid of the penny. No, but, that, but, but just, it does cut down some of the debt. And honestly, you can't really. You Here's the thing I've learned from business. You can't focus on the problem and do well. Like that. You like if you're if you're like I'm like against diametrically opposed to this person or this entity or this thing, you can't focus on that because that becomes uh, an us versus them situation. For example, somebody opened a pie shop three blocks down from my pie shop, and my first thing that I did was start sending cease and desist, and because I was so worried about it, and it made this contentious relationship where there probably would have the benefit of hindsight, but also from my point of view at the time, you had nothing to worry about. But there probably would have been a contentious relationship anyways, because after we met with these people face to face, which I should have done before I sent the CNDs, they told me verbatim, I have on tape, we saw your line out the door and we wanted to make money. And I knew immediately from the moment that they said that, that it wasn't going to be a deal, a thing because it, we weren't making a ton of money <laughs> because it, the it's restaurant business is hard. Yeah. So, um, I, if I had stepped back from that a little bit, but we focused for so many months on the problem of there's a competitor rather than putting our heads down and doing better at what we were doing, and then that became a problem. And so I think it's a deflection that is counterproductive to say that Donald Trump is a jerk. A lot of people would agree. But the big deal is politics, and the big deal is policy, and the policies that we have to do have to cut the budget so we can make room in the budget as a business person for things like healthcare and housing and environmental issues. And so cutting the penny out, it's $69 million a year that we lose on the penny. I was just going to say it's a tangible, executable thing. Uh, $69 million a year on the penny would cover one day of military operations. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. Um, well, my, the All other right. thing, though, I would vote for anyone that agreed to, I don't care how, I, I don't know if we've talked about this. I hate the time change. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Let's, let's, so, uh, Texas is leading the charge here. We got a chance. As a parent, yeah. let me tell you that the time change can go die. So, oh, yeah. I, and I don't uh, care absolutely. which, I don't have a strong preference on which have one. We talked about this on the air? About how bad it is for kids? No, no, Just no, about no. How bad in, it general, is in general, in general. If we have, so I UT, feel enough passionately about it, we should just talk about UT it. UT Southwestern has at, on staff. The his name is Dr. Takahashi. He's the guy who discovered like circadian rhythms in humans, uh, like legit scientist who is on public radio, local public radio here discussing this. Uh, not only is time change annoying, it is literally legitimately bad for us. Um, at best, it take like it t- it takes many people two full weeks after the time I change. I feel bad for two weeks to a sure. month. Yeah. Some people for a month. Um, on top of that, there have been studies that look at cancer rates within each time zone, and they find that the further west you are in your time zone, which is uh, where you experience the most daylight later in the day, the higher the cancer rate is. And they've known for years that light exposure has something that cor- like correlates with cancer rates. Um, but the fact that during daylight savings you have it is lighter later artificially is... Um, is actually legitimately bad for us, and we should stop. I feel much better about going to bed at nine o'clock now. You should. You should. Oh, I go to bed at eight. Like my best life is taking my melatonin at like seven fifteen, and then asleep by eight thirty, watching Forensic Files. That's living my best life. 
right there. Uh, I don't think I had a, like a really good opportunity to defend my gender against the earlier attacks, but I don't really remember specifically what. Not that you don't I, have to defend. You you can say I take that. I'm gonna think about it. I just don't remember what the, that, about it with my therapist. That might be the right response. I just don't remember what the criticism was well, at we, this point. We just said that uh, men don't like confrontation. Like they'd okay. rather deflect. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's true. Most of the time. That's true. And and confrontation is healthy and good. You notice that I'm the one though that turned it back around to that topic. There you go. Mm. It's healthy and good. The fact that you mentioned it though disqualifies all of that. Like no points for you. No, it wasn't. You got like. But points from Matt. Uh, two points. Zero woke two points. points got taken zero away. woke points. Yeah. Uh, Matt's like negative woke points at this point, for sure. <laughs> I'm negative a thousand woke points. Uh, oh, I learned something new on Reddit every day, and I'm like, I didn't even know I was supposed to be upset about that. Oh. Yeah. So many things to hold in your heart to be mad about. Yeah. It's getting even with the fan on. It's getting hot. It's getting rough. Should we call it? I think it, I think this is good, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Glance at my notes. Um, I didn't. My notes are kind of indecipherable. Something about a Faustian pie bargain that I don't really know what I was. You probably did. That. You probably think that was like a funny joke. No, I think that was more like a flesh this out later, Matt. Like, did you expect me to bring to a pie? Because if I no. any party I show up to, people are like, no. "Where's the pie?" And no. I'm like, "No, I I can't eat your pies." So. Did you make me a logo? Well, I was gonna say uh, we enjoy your company just for the person you are, not for the things you yeah. could give us. But apparently, Matt, oh, we didn't talk about was Yelp. just thinking about how he couldn't. Oh, this is a good thing to end on. I'm really good at at deflecting Yelp sales pitches. Okay, hit us with the Yelp stuff. So Yelp really caused me a lot of ire when we first started the pie shop because it was that thing where you're a new business owner and you're thinking, okay, I've got the customer is always right. I've got to accommodate all these people that are making like insane demands on us. Like um, people would be mad if we, our policy at the pie shop has always been that we put someone out at the end of the line we call them the lines are. We put someone out at the end of the line to speak to customers as soon as it closes. Like if we close at 9 p.m., there's someone at the end of the line at 9 p.m. If the line is down the block, that person stands there and turns away customers and says, I'm so sorry, we close at 9. If you're in line at 9, you're, go- you're good. So basically you're they, they stand at the end of that line and you no one after that. Yes. Gets pie. And so they used to have like a fairy wand and it was like a thing and they'd be like, so sorry, pie, pie. But that was too, that was too sweet and cute. And so people would be mad. So now we have like literally a red velvet rope and it's at the end of the line. And then we just move it up as the line goes and it goes across the porch. And I have to literally have a person sitting outside turning people away because if they get into the door, they expect to be served, even if we've been closed for half an hour. And so you would have these demands and you're like trying to figure out how, like, how do I communicate this well that is kind, but at the same time, not have people uh, being able to take advantage of our employees. Because in hospitality, you're not only serving your guests, you're serving the people who work for you. You you are a steward of a lot of their hours of their lives and they need to enjoy their job. They need to be compensated fairly. They need to feel secure and they need to understand that their boss is backing them up. If I and read so, business books, I would read your business book. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I will never write one, but I will never read one. <laughs> um, but um, it's really important to do those things. And so Yelp really bothered me to the core because we were trying so hard. And at the, I mean, at the beginning, Mary and I were both there from 5 a.m. to midnight for months it was like coffee when we got there and like noon you switched to wine. And it was just 
tough and we were doing it and we were doing it so hard and we were trying our best and people were just uh, resoundingly positive. But then the one or two negative people just stick with you. Sure. And so Yelp just bothered me. And then they started to have the gall to reach out to me and say. They being Yelp themselves. Yelp. Yelp themselves would reach out and be like, hey, want to be at the top of our list? Just pay us $1,000. Hey, you want to make this disappear? This is the pay us $1,000. It's so dirty and gross. I stopped, I stopped using Yelp after you told me about this. Yeah, it was dirty and gross and it felt nasty and it made me so upset because there was one, I had to reach out to them. There was one specific review that was blatantly false and accuse one of my employees of doing something that was morally reprehensible. And I was like, this is not, this did not happen. Uh, I was there. It did not happen. And this guest was belligerent and had to be kicked out. And Yelp was like, pay us and we'll take it down. So after that, I just started a campaign. So Yelp is a notoriously difficult company to work for. They're not great. Um, And so Every time that they would get a new salesperson, which is every three to four weeks, they would email me personally and say, hey, let me tell you about Yelp. You have a lot of people visiting. So I just started collecting gifts of people, uh, angry people or people being like, I hate Yelp because there's a whole line of gifts that fit that. And mm-hmm. it's clearly a problem. So that's just what I send them. I don't respond to anything else. And then they would still respond. So now I just respond all caps, unsubscribe. Sometimes they make it like a blinky gif and then those below. Nice, below. Nice. Sometimes when their stock prices have fallen significantly in the last couple of weeks, I'll just send a screen cap of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I hate Yelp. It's just, it's, uh, it's detrimental to the whole business. Yeah. It's detrimental to hospitality because people can't truly give you their creative vision and be kind to you right. and take care of you in a way that they are physically able to if you are able to just lambast yeah. them without repercussion. Well, our silent conversation partner in the room has also shared some some frustrating Yelp stories of just customers that like you try to make things right with them live and check on them and recheck on them and then they still leave. Absolutely. You know, they, like if you don't, they don't like tell your client, you up to, to your face that they had an issue, but they'll go complain about you behind the scenes. Like, so I can think of about Maybe one time when one of my staff members was maybe a little rude to a person. Mm-hmm. And by rude, I mean didn't give the full tour of the pies and was a little short with them because it was a tough day. Outside of that, when people complain about the pie shop, it depends really on where they are, too. Like in McKinney, people get really incensed that we expect, like that we have a tipping option, but that we ask for them to bust their dishes. And so, I like, see. there in McKinney, our staff does more full service things. And Oak Cliff people understand like these people are hustling to make my food and get it to me and the fact that I have to put my dish in a tray doesn't mean somebody doesn't have to wash it so there's a little bit of a difference there um we don't pay tipped wages we pay um above minimum wage and then the tips are just for fun but um our staff does a really great job taking care of people performance art yeah, I mean, people, it really is. Like, we, people always tell me, they're like... I'm being an asshole you, Well, they always tell me, though, they're like, that is part of it. It's a show. We always tell people you're on stage. We have literally light shining down where they're slicing the pies because, <clears throat> and I will never have the pie pre-sliced. We are slicing the pie for you as part of the experience. So um, the people on Yelp will, will tell me how I need to run my business. They'll call me all kinds of names. They'll call my staff names. They'll say things that are untrue. And then unless I pay Yelp to have a way to rebut that, I cannot do it. And so for us, if you 
communicate with us that you're unhappy, we're going to do everything we can to make you happy because I only hire people who like people and want to make them happy. So it's just counterproductive. It's silly. Yeah. Google reviews is great, though, because I'm, it's easy to respond, and um, it's well, easy to respond. It's easy to make things right. And It also seems more trustworthy when you use it. Like I, I have had fewer yeah. experiences where I trust a Google review. And Google like, has no, never reached wrong. out to me and been like, hey, you want to take down this one star? Yeah. Give me $1,000. Yeah, true. That yeah. counts for a lot. All right. Anything? Any closing thoughts, Liz? Thanks for having me. Uh, this I show has like, been produced and recorded in these studios at Waxbase and is being edited by Aaron Garcia. I think we're going to use I've that. I've always wanted to do that. Every time. <laughs> every time. Do you want to take two just, to, just so you know? This is a production of Liz and Matt Studios and has been recorded in Waxbase in beautiful Oak Cliff. It is being edited and sound produced by Aaron Garcia, entrepreneur and general cool dude. Yay! I think that was perfect. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. coming. I've been working on my podcast way for so long, and I'm really glad I got You what, what, what? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks awesome. for coming. Cool. I'm finish my bottle of wine. Thank you. Sure. Cheers. Well, you made it through. That was, uh, that was our episode. This is the third time we've retro. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the this third the, time we're recording the. the definitely the first outro. time that we're doing this, and we're not at all hyper self conscious after busting two attempts at I'm recording not, an extra. I feel fine. Okay, good. Um, please review, like, mm-hmm. subscribe. Buy some pies. Yeah, go buy pie. You know that doesn't help us directly, but it does help us convince higher profile guests of the value of being on the podcast. If we can we can put together a little pitch deck, like look at Emporium Pie sales before um, coming on the podcast. You know what we should do is we should hold this podcast until Thanksgiving just to make just that pitch deck better. <laughs> September pie sales decent. Late November pie sales fucking amazing podcast you put it together yeah Yeah. okay Uh, visit questionablepodcast.com that's our website and we already asked to be reviewed didn't we yeah I think maybe we should try this one more time no I love this one this is my favorite one (laughs) bye thanks bye (laughs) so don't get too attached